Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Slinging and Winning Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, here with my co-host, Nate Mobier. Nathan, it is fantasy football season, the best time of year if you're a football fan. How are you feeling and uh, how have your drafts been so far? I'm super excited about fantasy football season and football season in general. I, I've been watching football for a couple of years now. I can't wait to get more into it. I've been, I actually started to genuinely enjoy football last year, not just from fantasy, but I was like becoming a fan. I chose the Chargers. I may be a bandwagon, yes or no. That's up for the people to decide. But I chose the Chargers as my team, and yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, the Chargers are a very exciting team, definitely. Uh, team that you're going to want to watch uh, this season for sure. Justin Herbert, you know, my boy from Oregon, along with Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You go down the order, they have so much star talent, even on defense, Derwin James. That's an exciting team and definitely a team I could see playing in Arizona at the Super Bowl this season. But let's start off. Obviously, it's week one here. The first game of the year is going to be the Los Angeles Rams hosting the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are the number one team projected to do it all this year, win the Super Bowl. They're projected to have the best stats offensively. They did add Von Miller. This is a team that looks like they are hungry this year. Josh Allen, terrific quarterback, fantastic player to watch. Uh, what's your opinion on the Buffalo Bills to start off here? And do you think they're going to be successful in taking on LA? I think they're going to come right out of the gate hungry. I think they're going to beat LA. And I think it's just because last year they got their hearts completely broken by losing to KC in the playoffs. I, I think this is a almost a revenge revenge tour for them. I think they come out hungry, and I think they beat the Super Bowl Rams. I, I don't trust Matthew Stafford with that elbow injury. I know it's supposed to not start off as bad as people think it is, but it's supposed to linger on later on. But I don't really trust Stafford right now. I don't trust them to beat the Bills right now, I might add. Interesting. I, I'm the opposite side here. I'm, I'm team Rams in this one. Um, you know, the way I was kind of looking at this game, you know, I was doing some film before we recorded this. And obviously the Bills, you know, Sean McVay said this week that this is a team that has no weaknesses. And, you know, you look on the roster on paper, they really don't, right? Last year they had a defense that I think was the most underrated defense in the NFL. You look at points per game, they were ranked first. Yards per game given up, they were ranked first. There's tons of categories where they came in first. And this is a team that all offseason long, people were talking about them, they were just lacking that pass rusher. Obviously, they drafted Gregory Russo last year, you know, super freak athlete. Um, you know, if he can put it together this year, he's going to be phenomenal. But last year, we didn't see that, you know, super, that super stuff from him. It was a little bit dry at times from that pass rush for the Buffalo Bills. But this year they go out and they take the Rams winning Super Bowl defender and Von Miller. They bring him over to Buffalo. You know, it's a long-term deal, but it is still Von Miller. We've seen him do what he's done in the past. Um, you know, they add that pass rushing now, that ability to this defense. It's definitely going to be scary. But if I'm looking at the Rams, this was going back to the film here, right? 
You know, the offensive line is a little bit different this year in LA. We already talked about Stafford's elbow. If the Rams want to win this one, not only is their defense going to have to step up, right? This is a defense. We know they have Aaron Donald. They have, you know, Ramsey, and they just added Wagner too. They're not lacking superstar talent on the back end, but they need the offense to show up and match that of the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, yes, they have Stephon Diggs out wide. He is arguably, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the league. He is their wide receiver one. He is going to go against Ramsey all night long. He is ready for the challenge. He's got that swagger to match up with Ramsey. But you also look at the other side, right? Gabe Davis as their wide receiver too. He had a very good postseason last year. Phenomenal game against KC. But a very under-the-radar wide receiver in Buffalo right now is Isaiah McKenzie taking over that Sanders role and, you know, that Cole Beasley role last year. You know, it's an interesting player. And I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to be very, very under the radar. He's going to play in that slot. And with Josh Allen, you know, chucking the football uh, most of the game, he's going to he's going to play a, a big role in this team's offense. And, you know, if the Rams can kind of match up with them offensively, which I think it's going to be tougher said than done. Obviously, we know that the Bills don't have that run game that a lot of other teams do when we consider them the top five teams in football. But if the Buffalo Bills get their run game going. I like the Bills' chances here, but I, I, I'm taking the Rams here. Why? Because they are two-point underdogs, I believe, right now on most betting sites. I think that's ridiculous. These are the Super Bowl-winning Rams. Yes, they have you know a lot of roster changes. Allen Robinson's here now, though, right? Guys, they brought in Wagner, like I said. The way Rams are going to win, going back to what I said about watching film, is they're going to have to target the rookie quarterback now on the Buffalo Bills defense. You're going to have to set a lot of Cooper play, uh, Cooper Cup motions in play. You're going to have to find a lot of options here on your offense. And adding a guy like Allen Robinson, who, you know, he has had some great seasons in Chicago. Obviously, we all know the quarterbacks over there in Chicago have been the greatest. If they are able to, you know, find holes for these wide receivers to get open and pick on the corners, we know they have a very good defense in Buffalo prior, you know, Hyde very, very good safeties and defensive players. But if they're able to pick on these corners that I don't think are that great, I think the, the Rams are going to have a, a, a nice night here um, in Los Angeles to kick off the season. Do you agree with that? I still think the Bills win, but I, I agree with that point. Okay, about the, <laughs> What? You just literally deflated my whole point there. But like, <laughs> Buffalo, man, you know, Stafford, I agree with what you said about the 10-nitis, but you know, like, come on, we're, we're talking about Cooper Cup here. Like, the one thing that I love about McVay and Cooper Cup is no matter what situation, it's not like Cooper Cup is a one-way wide receiver, right? You can slide him anywhere. He's, he's a Swiss Army knife. That's why his targets and receptions were absurd last year. He is a weapon, a, a motherfucking weapon. That's right, a, a weapon. And Here's he can a, block well. Like, this guy's a super athlete. He's a super player. How do you how are you sleeping on the Rams right now? Akers is back. Daryl Henderson. Now who knows if those guys even play? Like every day, I feel like they're questionable with some injury or something else new every week. But if the Rams could get the running game going, I think that they have the passing game and running game that can you know that passing might match up against the Bills and that run game. I think is way better than the Buffalo Bills situation. You don't agree? The run game, yeah. I, I they they definitely have better pieces. Um, I really like that Allen Robinson acquisition obviously the quarterbacks in Chicago have sucked for him and he had a bit of a down year with the emergence of Darnell Mooney but I think he could 
be a very big bounce back candidate, possibly be a wide receiver one in fantasy. We'll talk about that more later. <laughs> I think he's a nice, I think he's being undervalued in most fantasy drafts. But yeah, I think, uh, I definitely think the Rams have a chance, but I think the Bills just, I, I think the Bills still take it in the end. Interesting. I'm so excited for this game. Obviously, there's a lot of hype around it. It is obviously game one of the year. You know, there's a lot of people talking about how this is a Super Bowl preview. It's hard not to see at least one of these teams playing in February next year. You know, these are both two teams that their rosters look, uh, you know, the best on paper, both offensively and defensively. And it's going to come down to Josh Allen against Matt Stafford. And, you know, obviously Allen is arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. But, you know, I, it's hard to to bet against these Rams, man. Sean McVay, um, I, I'm going with LA. You're going with Buffalo. I think uh, we're not going to change either uh, opinions here on this one. So I, it's going to be interesting, you know. Like I'm going to look to put a wager down on this one for sure because how are the Rams underdogs, Nate? I just think it's because the Bills, they, they're just. How do I explain it? They're everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite to finish atop of the division and the conference. Like that, that's the thing. Everyone might be sleeping on the Rams, but I, I think for Vegas, I think they want to favor the Bills just because they're the favorites to like you know finish atop. Okay, okay. I also think it's because Buffalo. You know, they added Von Miller. The Rams lose Von Miller. Um, you know, like you said, they, they had this, they have this kind of like ego now where they got to prove people that they are this team that everybody's expecting them to be. Um, but you're also going in LA too. It's not even like Buffalo's at home. Like this is a weird spread, weird situation. And, uh, it's definitely gonna be interesting. I cannot wait. Stefan Diggs against uh, Cooper cup as the wide receiver battle. And then Gabe Davis for Salad and Robinson that this is going to be a star filled night. And Thursday can't come soon enough. But let's go to the games now on Sunday. Here as we preview week one here on the first episode of the Slinging and Winning podcast. I'm going to ask you um, the first one here. The Washington Commanders taking on Jacksonville. It's Washington's home opener. Are you taking the Commanders or Jags here? This one's a toss-up. But I I think I'm going to take Jacksonville. (laughs) I think think some nice... You know, obviously, like, they signed Christian Kirk. They had the first overall pick. Like, I I think everyone's sleeping just because, oh, last year Jacksonville was a free win, blah, blah, blah. But I think, like, Washington's a very winnable matchup. And I think Jacksonville upsets. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a step forward this year. I think everyone on that team takes a step forward this year. They have Travis Etienne back healthy. James Robinson is supposed to gear up for week one. They have a decent amount of weapons on that team. No, I agree for sure. One thing about the Jags, too, is that defense, right? Like Josh Allen, and now you're going to have Trayvon Walker there, the first overall pick in the draft. This team, all of a sudden, you know, they get some sets going defensively where they can get to the quarterback pretty quick. We saw it in preseason. Um, I'm a little bit concerned for the commanders. Also, the commanders don't have their RB1 from, you know, what people projected going into the year in Brian Robinson right now. Obviously, you know, I want to pay respects to that situation, some prayers up and hope his recovery goes well um, because, you know, he looked like he was going to be that RB1 here in Washington. And I was excited to see him play, right? I love watching him in college. He was a ter- terrific player. 
but right now, you know, Carson Wentz is going to be behind center for Washington. You know, Terry McLaurin, very good wide receiver. Um, you know, that defense is going to be without, you know, young, right? So it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see this Washington team. Obviously, you know, a lot of people aren't even considering them winning this division uh, with the Cowboys and Eagles and Giants, but you know, right now, I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are obviously the two favorites, but Washington's always been that team that, you know, a lot of people count out and they somehow find their way in the race at the end of the year because how bad this division is. But, you know, I think I got to take Washington here. I think Washington at home, um, I think, I think I, I'll take Washington this one. I know it goes against you again here. I love Trevor Lawrence too. I just, I think right now the Jags are going to show signs of improvement. I just don't think it's going to be at the start of the season. I think it's going to be as we go along here. So I'm going to take the veteran coach in Rivera here over Doug because, uh, you know, I think their roster is more built for right now. And, you know, Carson Wentz, I think at the Washington home opener is going to want to have a game. So with that, let's go to the second game now. And that is the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Who are you taking here? Because I'm rolling with the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> it would... It would be kind of a joke to take the Falcons here. Like, the Saints, last year, maybe, because, like, you know, like, Jameis Winston is, like, I, I think Jameis Winston is underrated. I, I think he could be pretty good this year. They didn't have Michael Thomas last year, and now you have Michael Thomas this year, and you had Chris Olave, and you have Kamara still there. I, I think the Saints absolutely dismantle the Falcons. The Falcons defense is just so at atrociously bad to the point where like besides AJ Terrell. Aside, aside from that, yeah, but come on. The, the Saints are clear favorites in this one. They're they're gonna roll through the Falcons. Unless my boy Marcus Mariota, you know, another Oregon guy he just goes off with Kyle Pitts and uh Cordell Patterson down there and Elegier. They have some fun. Who knows man? The Saints are a weird team because, like, you know, like you talked about, their wide receiver core is nice. Michael Thomas and even Callaway. I think Callaway, right now, just get that out of the way. I think he's going to have a very under the radar season. Why? Because last year in preseason, we saw him go off, right? He was everybody's favorite wide receiver in New Orleans. He was the draft type guy and he busted for sure, um, especially if you took him in drafts. But I think that was also because then at that time, he was going against, like, you know, top corners. I think now he's going to find himself in that third wide receiving role on this, uh, uh, on this uh, New Orleans offense. So, you know, if they could kind of get him into space, I think Marcus Callaway can be a very, very sneaky piece here for the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, the question is going to be at quarterback for New Orleans this year. Um, you know, Jameis Winston is a very high upside, very low floor kind of guy. We know he's going to chuck the football. If it's going to go to his receiver or to the opposing defense, who knows? But they're usually touchdowns or interceptions. So he's definitely a fun quarterback to watch. Um, not one that I'd want on my favorite team, though. But uh, let's go to the next game here now. And 49ers are going to be in Chicago to take on the Bears. This one, I don't think it's very close. I think we're both going to take San Francisco here. Yeah, I think it's just San, San Fran's offense is way better. San Fran's defense is way better. There's no aspect in Chicago, the Chicago Bears game that's better than the 49ers. So why on earth would anyone take the Chicago Bears? <laughs> like, Trey, Trey Lance, he's a, he didn't play much last year because they wanted to roll with Jimmy G. But now I think he's going to have spotlight. I think he's going to do great this year. I think, And I also think that 
him and Brandon Ayuk are gonna have an amazing year. So I I I I have to take the 49ers here. Yeah, but like the thing is with San Fran is I get so confused. Like if you're committed to Lance being your starter this year, why are you keeping Garoppolo around? You know, all year it's just gonna be that toss up. Garoppolo, I feel like he's treated unfairly, right? Like he's actually done a good job, right? Like look at this team and how they've gone into the playoffs, right? They've gone to the Super Bowl. They made it to the conference. Uh, then they lose last year to the Rams. Like this is a team that came close to the Super Bowl yet again with Jimmy G. So, you know, Trey Lance, definitely uh, better on the run. Definitely uh, more, um, I guess, fluent quarterback for this, you know, 49ers offense that has lost a couple pieces, especially in management. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they use their weapons here. Debo Samuel obviously got his contract. Is he still going to be that power rusher? Cheat code at wide receiver. Because, you know, that's just one of my favorite things about Debo is his ability to rush. So I hope they can just gash the Falcons down the field. Obviously, we know that that defensive line in Atlanta isn't what it used to be. So if they can just power them through the run game, um, you know, Alvin Kamara, I think, is going to have a huge week in this one. And uh, don't forget their RB2 is Ingram too, right? So if they can just get the running game established early and run it through the heart of the Atlanta Falcons defense, I don't think this game will be particularly close. I also think the same goes for the 49ers against Chicago, right? If the 49ers can just run it down the mouth of the Chicago Bears, Eli Mitchell, right? You know, they moved on from Mostert. Just going back. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, too, (laughs) as a backup. But, um, you know, I think if they can just run it down the middle here for both those two games that we've talked about now, I think both these two offenses are kind of in a similar position against a weaker opponent. But now let's go to the next one in the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Who are you taking this one? Because obviously uh, it's going to be a little bit tough for me to talk about this game. I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I think the Steelers are going to put up more of a fight than people think. Like the Steel- like the Bengals are a good team, don't get me wrong, but like the Steelers have been like very consistent when it comes to just putting up fights. Like they- I-, I think they rarely ever get... When's the last time they got blown out? Like they don't get blown out, and that's what people are predicting here. But you have... Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, which is like, like as stupid as it sounds, it is an upgrade over Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, like it's it's easy for that to happen when Roethlisberger can't throw more than ten yards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. like, like, like I think this, like the Steelers, I think what they were like, they they don't like they don't really have a lot of weaknesses in their team other than O line. Like that, that's obviously the most like questionable thing about their team but I think if you put a good quarterback in this case Mitch Trubisky <laughs> I, I I think they could put up more of a fight than people think about the Bengals but I'm still gonna take the Bengals honestly I gotta give credit to Trubisky he did have a good preseason and so did Kenny Pickett right a lot of people were hoping Kenny Pickett got the job uh looks like they're going with the veteran here in Trubisky remember Tomlin's never had a losing season so obviously he knows what he's doing arguably the best coach in the league um, you know, very consistent coach. That old line, like you said, it scares me for that. I'm, I'm still taking the Bengals here, but obviously, you know, I would hope the Steelers win this one. I think that'd be cool. They definitely have my vote for this game. But, uh, you know, with Najee Harris and the Steelers team, like Najee Harris is going to have to be the focal point of the run game in Pittsburgh because I don't trust uh, Snell. I don't trust McFarland or anybody they have in the depth chart. So, you know, Najee Harris, we know he's dealing with that Lisphronic foot injury. That's concerning to me because we know those injuries typically, uh, you know, 
they they don't really go away. That's something that stays with you throughout the season. You know, they could get, they could burn up a bit at certain times, so that scares me a bit. Um, it's not like a major concern, and I think it's moderate. I put it in like the yellow area. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm hoping the Steelers win this one. But going into Cincinnati after last year, it's definitely going to be tough. You know, Joe Burrow. Um, he's going to be tough to stop. And with all the weapons they got there in Jamar Chase, I don't know if this Pittsburgh defense at corner is going to be able to hold up um, against this uh, very high-paced Bengals offense. But with that, let's go to the next one now. And Cleveland at Carolina. Who are you taking in this one? Because this game is certainly going to be interesting, in my opinion. I think it's hard to take a team that has Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to roll with Carolina. Uh, just just because they they got I, again with Pittsburgh an upgrade at quarterback with <laughs> Baker Mayfield <laughs> and they have CMC back healthy DJ Moore is still rolling around obviously their defense is questionable their O line's questionable but the Browns don't have they don't have Deshaun Watson who they just gave up a lot to get in the offseason, he's suspended for, what is it, 11 games, I believe. It's 11 games? Yeah, but yet the guys coming back against Houston, like, are you kidding me, NFL? Like, that is so (laughs) small. Like, like, there's no way you can tell me that that is not for viewership. (laughs) Yeah, but I I, I don't really like Jacoby Brissett. If if they're going to win, it has to roll through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Well, it has to. Like, you know, I like the Carolina Panthers team more. I, I like their stars more. I think they have more weapons. Baker also went against his former team here in a revenge game. DJ Moore on the outside, Robbie Anderson. We know they have Terrace Marshall. That O-line in Carolina, it's gotten better from last year. We know they spent some uh, first round, some early round picks, I should say, on their O-line. But, like, you look at the team across from them, the Cleveland Browns had arguably the best O-line in football last season, right? You talked about Chubb and Hunt. If Brissett has that time in the pocket to throw, Brissett has had some success in his career, especially as a spot starter. So, you know, if Brissett has that time in the pocket where he's able to just make these small routine throws, remember, Amari Cooper is going to be going against a team here in Carolina that doesn't have the best corners. He can easily have a, a, a great game here. Amari Cooper, no matter who his quarterback has been, has seemingly always put up a thousand yards. Remember when Andy Dalton and Danucci and um, Dar and um, what's his name? Sam Rush. Sam, no, no, Cooper Rush. And there was Cooper guy, Rush. That's his name. Garrett. Garrett. Uh, when Garrett was uh, the quarterback in Dallas that year, you know, he, no matter who's under center for the Cowboys, he's always found a way to, you know, put up a thousand yards. So Amari Cooper, I think, you know, he's going to play a little bit more shallow. You might not see deep balls from him too much, but I, I think that the Browns do have a shot here. But I still feel more comfortable in Carolina. Only because Carolina always has these like good starts where they start like three and zero because McCaffrey's there, and then week four McCaffrey gets hurt, this team unfortunately just falls down, which sucks because I love McCaffrey and he's definitely hurt me in fantasy before taking him. But you know <laughs> if McCaffrey can stay healthy for a full season, who knows? This Panthers team could be pretty decent. You know, obviously there's a lot of question marks. I think I would take them in the wild card or you know the first round of the playoffs. Um, as their ceiling right now, I can't see them going to the Super Bowl or anything like that crazy. But I think this team's definitely not talked about enough because the Carolina Panthers do have some weapons. But let's go to the next game now. The Philadelphia Eagles will be traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. And as much as I wanted to say that the Lions are going to win this, 
and that I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing from the Lions and Hard Knocks and the preseason. I think it's a no-brainer in the Philadelphia Eagles here. Yeah, they, they got A.J. Brown. They got upgrades at defense. They would have beat Detroit last year. They're going to beat Detroit with this year's team. I I think, like, it's the same thing with the Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh situation. I think they're going to possibly put up a more of a fight than people think against the Eagles. I don't like Detroit's just kind of like they they have hope. <laughs> that team has hope, and like it it was kind of fun watching them down the stretch, just rooting for them to get one singular win. And when you did it, you couldn't help but just smile <laughs> when they won. I I still take the Eagles though. Yeah, one thing about Detroit though that I like is, you know, I love DeAndre Swift. But even Goff, like, I, f- I feel like Goff now after last year, now that he's a little bit more comfortable with the Lions staff, I feel like he's going to have a little bit of a better season. Also, you know, Amonra St. Brown really came alive on the back half of last year. They have DJ Chark now. They have that veteran wide receiver on the outside too. That defense is getting better, right? Hutchinson, uh, who they drafted early on in the first round this year. So, you know, I'm excited to see Detroit. I think they're going to surprise people. I think there's a lot of people that are saying that they might not get – a win this year, which I think is absurd because I think this team's better than last year. I think they're moving in the right direction. I love their coaching staff. And remember, Hawkinson's still there too, right? Like they have a pretty good tight end. This team is, I think it's a little bit under the radar, like in terms of, you know, the bottom five. Obviously, we didn't have them that high in our power rankings, but this offense does have some weapons if they can all perform to what we expect them to. And they just need Goff to throw footballs on the dime. But like you said, this Eagles team, much better than last year. A.J. Brown, I have a feeling he's going to have a monster game in this one. Like a monster game in this one. Like the top ceiling, maybe for performances of the year because the Detroit corners I don't trust. Obviously, we know, unfortunately, Okuda hasn't had the best NFL career. If Okuda had lived up to expectations so far, then I think this rebuild of the Detroit Lions have, would be in an amazing spot. Um, but obviously, that hasn't happened. So, you know, I think this team, even Miles Sanders, I expect to have a good night um, in Detroit. Now, Godair, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Um, obviously, he's a hit or miss kind of player, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a couple touchdowns. I, I think this game won't be I – th- I don't think this game's going to be close. I think the Eagles make a statement in week one. Uh, the Colts are traveling to Houston to take on the Texans, and this is another no-brainer, and we're both taking the Colts here, right, Nate? Don't make me sound bad. There's no point in talking about this one. It's a, it's a joke. Um, the Indiana, the Colts will kill them. <laughs> like, come on. Like, Jonathan Taylor is just going to absolutely pummel the Houston defense. Like, it's 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 going to be a no-brainer, absolute blowout. There's no, there's no, no further comment. <laughs> I mean – Hopefully Brandon Cooks could have a good night because I think that's, uh, that's pretty much uh, all. But like all jokes aside, Mills played pretty good last year for his situation. I'm interested to see how this team looks, right? Because, you know, Damian Pierce, it's a guy I drafted in fantasy. We're going to be talking about him in a bit. But, you know, I, I think if they could just run the football, he could kind of have that James Robinson season that we saw when he was in Jacksonville a couple years ago. Um, just ground and pound, baby. Just run it down the middle. And hopefully they could get some scores. I don't expect them to win many games this year, but um, 
the Colts, I think, are going to show out in week one, and I don't think that's going to be too much of a debate. I think Hines is also going to have a big game here in the pass-catching role. I think, you know, Hines is destined for a little bit more of a better season after sitting on the bench behind Taylor in his big year last year. So I think Hines, I'm going to take to score a couple touchdowns in this one, if that's a hot take, as pretty much their RB2. But uh, the next game now, New England is traveling to Miami to take on the new revamped Miami Dolphins. This one's tough because, you know, Belichick and as much as, you know, you want to bet on the Patriots because of how dominant they've been against the Miami Dolphins. I think this new Tyree kill Miami Dolphins front with uh, the new coaching staff and Mike, I I think I'm going to go with Miami here. I think I'm going to go with Miami too. I think Tyreek's an absolute game changer, that offense. If Tua can just get the ball to him, he will make the play. Obviously going from, Mahomes to Tua is a, you know, obviously it's a downgrade. But if Tua can literally just get the ball to Tyreek, that guy's a playmaker. He, if he's in open field, you're not catching him. It's a touchdown. So I think he's going to get at least one touchdown in this game. Matt, as, as it comes to the Patriots, Mac Jones has been the most mediocre <laughs> quarterback from last year he, was, he wasn't terrible but he wasn't good he's just like I, I don't trust him in this game I think Miami takes this one yeah I think that one uh, is going to be very very entertaining um, I think we're going to go with the Finns here on my end now let's go to the next one the Ravens or Jets I think this is Baltimore's game with Joe Flacco at quarterback <laughs> Yeah, let's uh let's skip this one. No comment. What about the Giants at Titans? This, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see more of the Titans, but you know, this also wouldn't scream like too much action because these teams I'm not expecting too much from unless Robert Woods and Traylon Burks can really excel um, to fill that AJ Brown hole. Obviously, Derek Henry, I have a feeling the Titans are gonna take this one pretty convincing fashion because I'm not high on the Giants this year and I also think that the Titans if Malik Willis does play I think this team could be sneaky not this year but in a couple years from now but right now I'm taking the Titans what about you yeah I'm gonna have to go with the Titans the Giants just aren't like Saquon's back he's fully healthy I think Saquon has a very good year this year but I, I don't think it's enough to beat the Titans against Derrick Henry and you know Robert Woods is gonna be playing Traylon Burks I, I don't think the Giants have what it takes to beat this team yet but yeah yeah I agree uh Chiefs or Cardinals let's try and get these last ones quickly so we can uh, talk about some fantasy I'm gonna roll with the Chiefs you know D-Hop is out uh Kyler still has to like obviously Kyler I, I have the Chiefs too as well for this game Kyler, Kyler and Marquise Brown, they have obviously past connections from college, but I think it's going to take a while for them. Maybe like give it, give it like three weeks for them to like fully get their connection back. But I, the Chiefs, yeah, they lost Tyreek Hill. They still have Kelsey. You know, they have Juju, who like a lot of people are sleeping on. Like I, I think he's going to also like have an Al- Allen Robinson type like comeback, like with the Rams. Like I think he's going to do really good. They drafted Sky Moore. They have Valda Scantling also. I think they just they they have more weapons. They have a better quarterback and a better defense. So I'm gonna roll with the Chiefs. 
that run game in Kansas City, it just confuses me. Like Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> I, I think Pacheco is going to take over that backfield yeah, in no that's time. What I was say. Pacheco's got a lot of hype um, after preseason. But like, Coaches love him. They love him. But even like, you know, you look at the other RBs that were in that preseason camp, like it's just a weird team in the RB section. Uh, but let's go now to the Raiders at Chargers. Now, I know this one's not going to be surprising, but I think we both have the Chargers, although the Raiders <laughs> did get Devontae Adams. I think the Chargers, like, yeah, the, the Chargers will win this one. Ho- hopefully they would, like, that, I wanted to say that last year. <laughs> I wanted to say that last year before Chargers got eliminated. Uh, now the now the Raiders have Devontae Adams, which is a sick player to have. And he, just like Kyler and Marquise Brown, uh, Carr and Devontae Adams, they played in college. I don't think they have the connection yet. I think they will like give it in like three weeks. But yeah, I think the Chargers take this one. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to be a team to beat this year. I think they're in a perfect spot to start competing with their age of their core. Um, now let's go to the Packers at Minnesota. I, I think you're going to take the Vikings because you've been high on them this year, but I'm taking Green Bay. I'm Yeah, I'm probably going to take the Packers in this one. I, like, oh, really? Like, I'm going to go with Minnesota for sure. Like, it just... I don't know, like Aaron. You can never doubt Aaron Rodgers. Like it's it's hard to bet against that guy. Like he always just leads, no matter who's in that wide receiver room, no matter who's on the team. He always just leads that team to a winning season. And I like Minnesota. They have a nice. They they're gonna have a very nice offense, but that defense is gonna be what's holding them back. Like you know they they have Kevin O'Connell running things over there now. That it's going to be like whatever plays they were running with Cooper Cup, they're going to be running it with Justin Jefferson now. So I think they're going to have a nice offense this year. I th- I don't think they beat Green Bay though. Interesting. All right. Uh, now this one, I'm going to let you start because I don't want to hear any bias stuff, but uh, Buccaneers at Dallas, who are we going with for you, Nate? I'm going to roll with, I'm going to roll with Tampa. <laughs> I, just, I, I have to go with the favorites. I, like it sucks to say that it's it's hard to it's hard to trust the cowboys like it's just they they lost last year when they played tampa the first game of the season they put up close but now now they lost to mari cooper we were heavy underdogs in that game i must say that game if anthony brown didn't have a disaster of a performance uh you know when antonio brown torched him for four tutties i think um or no it was like 140 yards sorry um and that touchdown just is like still in my head if like if that game didn't go that badly for anthony brown then i think the dallas cowboys actually could have won that game especially if Zerline hit those kicks but uh continue with what you're saying because i'm about to go off on this game it's just it's same thing with aaron Rodgers. like how could you ever bet against tom brady like uh, yes he's what is he 45 now uh, you would say you can mention his age every single year for the past five years and it's always the same narrative at the end. It's always, how is this guy so old and how is he still doing so goddamn good? Like, obviously they lost Antonio Brown and one of Brady's favorite teammates in Gronk. But I think Mike Evans, I think that guy is going to be a target hog this year. 
And then they have Godwin, who's not going to be fully 100%, but he's still going to be there. They have Russell Gage there, too. And they signed Julio, which Tom Brady said that he likes. I, I, I have to take Tampa in this one. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm taking Dallas as much as I want Dallas to win. But, um, you know, one thing about Tampa and, you know, Tom Brady is he's trying to sell this look of them being the underdogs. You know, he's talking about how the O-line, they're going to be working with a couple changes, uh, especially under center. And, you know, obviously they don't have Antonio Brown like they did last year. Uh, this, you know, obviously no Godwin as well to start this one. But, you know, they're going to have some veteran guys here. The wide receiver core, like you mentioned, Gage and stuff. Right now, I think the Buccaneers might win this one. Um, but it's going to be close. Like, I don't think it's going to be – Dallas is at home, remember. One thing about Dallas, too, is they've never – they have never gone 0-2 in, like, 10 years, I think, or something crazy like that. So, obviously, you know, they play the Chargers after this game. So, if that is anything to consider. But, um, you know, I, I think right now – if no, sorry, they play the Bengals next week. They play the Chargers last year. I got mixed up. Um, but right now, if I, if I had to say, like, if Dallas is going to succeed in this game, they're going to have to get the run game going. They're going to have to use a combination of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to need to play physical – to me, the Buccaneers are going to come in with a stout defense. They're going to try and get to Dak. They're going to send all their pass rushers. Dak, uh, Dak is going to be having to play without no Tyron Smith on that O-line. It's a little bit beat up. They did just sign Jason Peters as well, the 40-year-old left tackle who, you know, played majority of his career with the Eagles. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Dallas does in their first game here. It's tough to predict Dallas. You know, a lot of people are talking about them either being at the top of the league to me, I, it's hard to trust the Dallas Cowboys this year because obviously it doesn't look like they're going in win now. I think they're, you know, trying to save more for next year and stuff like that, especially with the way they've been spending. Um, but I think this can be a good game. I think it's a good Sunday night football matchup. Obviously, you know, Dak and Tom Brady, two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. So it's definitely going to be a thriller. But I think this game is going to be a little bit more defensive, especially with Micah Parsons, who I think you got to send him uh, down the middle and rush a lot more if you want to get the most and if you want to get to Brady quicker, because Brady, we've seen him get hit hard. And uh, I think you got to get in his head a little bit and get him a little flustered. But uh, the last game here um, before we move on to fantasy is going to be Seattle taking on Denver and the Russ revenge game. So it's going to be tough to like kind of project this game, obviously because, you know, obviously Denver is much better, but, you know, I don't know, the, the Seattle culture, if, you know, they can, you know, kind of find that groove here, it's going to be in Seattle, right? That 12th man feeling. Um, it, it's definitely, like, I'm excited for this one. Um, but it's also going to be, like, for me, it's a Monday night football game. It's either going to be a blowout or it's going to go right down to the wire. And I think Geno Smith is a little bit underrated. I like what he's done with the Seahawks so far a little bit in preseason. And even a little bit in last year, I think he did a little bit better than what people expected. Um, I, I'm taking the Broncos, though, for sure. What about you? Definitely taking the Broncos. Like, it's hard to take a team where they literally just lost the one thing, the one guy that was, like, keeping them relevant for the past couple of years. Like, like without Russ, I think the Seahawks are in shambles right now. I, 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 don't, I think they have a losing season, a way losing season. I think the Broncos, just the Broncos are just better than, aside from maybe their wide receiver one, DK Metcalf is probably better than Cortland Sutton. But just, 
Denver as a team is just way better than Seattle. So I'm going to have to take Denver. I think Russ has a big game. All right. Interesting. Uh, like it's definitely going to be something to watch for. Um, you know, Seattle, I think I'm a little bit higher on them than a lot of people this year because of the culture in that room. Uh, we're going to talk more about them on the second episode of this pod, but quickly, if you want to just get to the fantasy side of things right now, if you want to just do top tens at positions quickly, uh, you want to start off with quarterbacks. Yeah. Obviously, you got to have Josh Allen number one here, don't you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Josh Allen's number one. That, that's no question. Like, coming off last season, we have to have someone that can just run the ball as good as him and throw the ball as good as him, that's just a recipe for fantasy success. Like, he's going to be very good. Uh, second overall, I have Justin Herbert. Okay. Full take. I think he has an MVP season this year. I think I think he's going to be the sole reason. If the Chargers do go far in the playoffs, I think he's the reason. I think he's going to have – he was already really good last year. He can only improve. So I think he's going to be really good this year. I have him at number two. Number three, I have Lamar Jackson. He wants to get paid. We've seen what he's done before. I think he's going to have a good year. Number four, Patrick Holmes. I would have him higher just because – He's a really good quarterback, but he lost Tyreek Hill. So that's minus one to two big plays from Tyreek Hill every game. Uh-huh. Number five, I have Kyler Murray. Obviously, you don't have D-Hop there, but he's just too talented and mobile to not be fantasy relevant. Number six, Joe Burrow. He went to the Super Bowl last year. I like Herbert. He can only improve. I don't like his rushing ability fantasy-wise. Like, that's why I don't have him higher. Uh, Jalen Hurts at seven. Adding A.J. Brown's really going to bolster his fantasy value. Obviously, everyone knows how good of a runner Jalen Hurts is. He can have a really good fantasy season this year. Number eight, Tom Brady. It's it's hard to not have him in your top ten fantasy quarterbacks. He obviously doesn't run. He's way past his years of doing that. But just his passing yards and just his touchdowns that's just enough from relevant number nine Dak Prescott he's been a very good fantasy quarterback the last couple of years and then number 10 bull take Trey Lance I think Trey Lance is going to surprise a lot of people with his rushing ability I think he has a Lamar Jackson type year when he came into the league I think he's going to do really good honorable mention I'm going to put Russ I, I think he has a really good year behind that Denver O-line with lots of upgrades, with lots of upgrades at weapons. I think he's going to do very good. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with the majority of what you said here. Uh, now let's go to my fantasy top 10 wide receivers. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, we know with the new offensive schemes there in Minneapolis, they're definitely going to have um, you know a, a newly provided offense, a lot more passing. You're going to see Dalvin Cook also have a rise, in my opinion. So Jefferson is number one. Number two is the ever-so-dangerous Cooper Cup. I have Cooper Cup at number two because why? Uh, when was the last time a wide receiver one repeated that status? Uh, Jamar Chase, number three for me. Um, then Stephon Diggs at number four. Uh, five, I have Devontae Adams. I know it's kind of bold to put Devontae at five, but I think he's going to have a very, very good season alongside Derek Carr. Derek Carr isn't a bad quarterback. He's not afraid to chuck the football. He can throw it downfield as well. Um, and his running ability after the catch in Devontae Adams, I think he's going to have a great season. 
Uh, Mike Evans, I think I, I put him at six here. Why? Because his touchdowns and his touchdown numbers are just, you know, one of the highest in the NFL in terms of wide receiver ones. He gets you that production. He might not throw up the 130-yard performances every week, but he's going to get you touchdowns, and touchdowns pay huge um, dividends for your fantasy teams. Number seven, I have C.D. Lamb. Obviously not as high on him as the consensus fantasy football pool out there, but I think C.D. Lamb now having that wide receiver one um, upside, yes, that's good, but it's also question marks, right? Like how good is he really going to be under the spotlight now full-time? We don't know. I think there's a lot of assuming going on. We've seen him provide um, – sorry, we've seen Dak provide all his receivers with fantasy value. Uh, to assume that C.D. Lamb's going to be a top 10 right away I think is even bold, but – um, you know, I'm having him here at seven because there is no real challengers for those targets until Michael Gallup's back. And right now, guys like Jalen Tolbert and Simi Fajoko are going across the field from him. So C.D. Lamb, I think, is going to finish seventh here. Then I have Debo Samuel at eight. I think he finishes just ahead of Tyreek Hill in Miami because I just, I'm just concerned about Tyreek Hill uh, with Tua. But Debo Samuel, if he can rush, I wouldn't be surprised he can sneak into the top five wide receivers this year in fantasy. And then at number 10, I have Michael Pittman from the from um, the Colts. So, you know, it's definitely a little bit more of a common board. But um, let's just go to my tight ends quickly here before we get to your running backs to finish off today's episode of week one of uh, previewing and talking fantasy. Uh, but my tight ends to start here, number one, I have Kelsey. Obviously, I don't think that's too much of a, you know, debate. Kelsey's just a juggernaut at the position. Mark Andrews have at two. Why? Because he's Lamar's favorite target. And Isaiah likely has been very good. And they're going to go with a lot of tight end two sets. So I think Mark Andrews is clearly going to be the number one target here, sort of like Kansas City now. Uh, then I have Kyle Pitts at number three from Atlanta. Obviously, this one's not too much of a hot take. Kyle Pitts, um, you know, he had a great season last year. Unfortunately, only one touchdown. But let's not forget, Marcus Mariota loves his tight ends. So now the Mariota's is quarterback. I expect him to have a better season. And those touchdowns are definitely going to fall into his lap. Number four, I have Darren Waller. Number five, I have George Kittle. I'm high on George Kittle this year. Remember last year, besides the injury at the back half of last year, he's one of the top tight ends. I think if he could stay healthy this year with Trey Lance, I think he could provide some very, very good fantasy value for where he's going in drafts. Uh, number six, I have Dalton Schultz playing in his contract year for the Dallas Cowboys, one of Dak's favorite targets. And like I said, Dallas only really has Simi Fahoku and Jalil Tolbert on that right side right now for the offense. So on the other side of CD lamb, I like Dalton Schultz as that second target. TJ Hawkinson is my seventh tight end here from Detroit. Number eight, Zach Ertz. Number nine, Dallas Goder. And number 10 is a toss up between Pat Fryermuth and Cole Komet. Obviously I agreed with you giving Komet that spot at number 10 here on our Instagram rankings because Cole Komet beast of a preseason, but Pat Fryermuth, I don't know, something tells me that he's going to have a nice season. Um, playing with Trubisky we know Trubisky likes to throw to his tight end so um, I think Pat Firemuth he definitely has the build to become one of the best tight ends in the league down the line here do we see it in year two certainly be interesting but I think Cole Komet and Firemuth are two very very sneaky tight end targets this year Uh, Nate do you want to finish off with your running backs yeah uh, number one it's no surprise. It's a very boring choice to put as, as your RB1, but it's Jonathan Taylor. Just in terms of being a fantasy, yes, he was the fantasy RB1 last year, but as in terms of being the fantasy RB1, he was a pretty boring fantasy RB1. He has a very high floor. Yes, he scored that one 
ridiculous game against Buffalo. But other than that, he wasn't putting like Christian McCaffrey type games from a couple years ago or like Todd Gurley type games. Uh, number two, I speak of him, speaking of him, I have Christian McCaffrey. I think barring any injuries, which has haunted the last two seasons, I think he has a monster season. I think he could finish as the RB1 over Jonathan Taylor just because he has more upside and a better points per game like average than him. Number three, I have Dalvin Cook. Uh, like McCaffrey, injuries have kind of held him back a couple of years, but now Kevin McConnell's the head coach there. They're going to be running lots of nice plays that just brought the Rams to the Super Bowl. They're going to be running them in Minnesota there. Like I said, Minnesota's going to be a very fun offense. Number four, Derrick Henry. I would have him higher. I think he is top two running back in the league in terms of just being a running back. I I would have him higher, but just this is fantasy, and he is coming off that injury from last year. Uh, number five, Austin Eckler. He did very good last year. I think he was the RB two or three, if I'm not mistaken. I think he scored a ridiculous amount of touchdowns last year. Uh, that is going to come down. I don't think he repeats the touchdown total. I think it's maybe two or three less touchdowns the last year. And yeah, number six, I have Najee Harris. I think if Pittsburgh's going to do good this year, they're really going to need him to step up through that injury. Like you said, the foot injury, it might potentially hold him back, but that guy's that guy's a beast. I don't think it'll hold him back that much. Number seven, like Jonathan Taylor, that's a boring pick, but Joe Mixon, he's just, he's just in like, the stage of his career where it's just like it's boring like you you don't like drafting him but if you if he falls to you then you kind of have to uh number eight aaron jones i think they're going to use him a lot more in the past game this year same with aj Dillon, because Devonte adams is gone that's a ridiculous amount of targets that need to be filled and i think aaron jones he has a nice little pass catching back type build to him I think he's going to catch a decent amount of passes which is good for PPR uh, number nine Saquon Barkley I would like Aaron Jones I think he's going to catch a lot of passes which is good for PPR wise I would have Saquon higher I'm pretty high on him this year they did improve the O-line Saquon could finish as the RB1 uh, number 10 DeAndre Swift that guy is like mini Christian McCaffrey, just less upside, but he he has the upside to finish as his top five running back in fantasy. Oh, I love myself some DeAndre Swift. I, I want to get that jersey. Those blue Detroit Lions jerseys, I think, are so sharp. Yeah, that guy's going to be a sick player this year, DeAndre Swift, to own in fantasy. Especially in PPR and half PPR formats with his pass catching ability and ability to yeah. get out wide and spread the field. He's definitely going to be somebody that I would target in fantasy. And especially they're going to be losing games which results into more, like, you know, passing down. They're probably going to be, like, the wide receivers are, like, the, the wide receivers, it's going it's gonna to result in a lot of third down work for DeAndre Swift, which means PPR <laughs> points. And, yeah, those are my rankings. I think I agree with the majority of those. I think fantasy this year is definitely going to be more interesting than years prior because I think now there's so much depth, and especially with, you know, offensive masterminds switching places. And it's definitely going to come down to, I think, injuries now in fantasy formats. Obviously, you know, if you lose one of your top guys, it, it sucks. It's the most heartbreaking thing in the world to just ruin your Sunday. Um, because now I think there's just so many good players um, ar around the league, right? Like Dalvin Cook, 
Um, you know, that's a guy that you mentioned, but we've seen his value plummet because of uh, his injuries. But I think this year fantasy is definitely the most competitive I've seen in a while in terms of the top 100. I think even guys in the eighties and the nineties can be top fantasy players for your fantasy team. And I'm really excited for, it and I cannot wait for week one. Uh, Nate, I think that's all from us today. I want to thank you for coming on to the first episode of slinging and winning. And we've been a pleasure next week for week two. Any last words? Oh, I think I'm done here. It's been a pleasure. Let's hope the Rams win on Thursday night. It's going to be a fun one and I cannot wait. Welcome back Mm -hmm. football. Okay, cool, you can sell that seat.